technical wizard. Some say he was born in Cornwall, while some say he's on a journey. It's the journey, and here's your host, David Hackett. Another journey, today's journey, features a journalism, literature and English teacher at Scott High School. He's also a fantasy writer, which we'll see why when he talks about it. He's also a host of a podcast, which we will no doubt promote for him. Most writers are fans, and it's about the intersection between writing and fandom. Our guest is professionally written for the Cole Valley News and Screen Rant. He has won awards for writing and broadcasting from the West Virginia Associated Press, the National Forecasting Society, and Marcom. He has a BA in English from the University of Phoenix and an MA in English Education from Western Governors University. So, not my journey, it's Terry Farley's journey. Hi, oh. thanks for having me. A pleasure. So, the joke, and I like how I always say this now because it is a long-standing joke. The long-standing joke is, and there's a way to break the ice. Everyone has a journey. The earliest memory possible. Yeah, you was born. That's a joke over, because obviously you were born. But what was the earliest memory that inspired you on your journey? Yeah, so so the one that stands out in terms of inspiring me on this like like writing journey that I'm on. So I remember in it was like third grade, um, there was this uh, contest called Take a Kid to Dinner that we did in school, and we just would write like different kinds of fiction stories, and the teacher would pick the best one, and then like take that person to to dinner with like all these other teachers and kids. And I remember getting like really really invested in it and like i remember like crafting this really like elaborate world um that looking back is like pretty juvenile now but i was also in third grade so like should be um but i remember like getting really really invested in like writing this fiction and like creating this world and like i I didn't win ultimately and then like i really didn't write seriously for quite some time after that and I wonder if that had a lot to do with it. Like, like the fact that like, I didn't get the feedback I was hoping for whenever I was that age. Um, but I look back at that as kind of like evidence that this journey I'm on now, like this kind of like developing worlds and investing in characters and all those things, that that is something that has always kind of been in me, you know? Mm. It's like um, you say about creating a fantasy world, it's like, You've probably heard of the film and read the book, The Neverending Story. Mm-hmm. Now, that is the fantasy of one boy's belief because he had a lot going on in his mind. And I'm not saying there was anything going on in your mind, but it was a lot of in his mind that ended up into nothing because he, his mind clouded to be the way it was because of all the upset. Oh, I have ADHD, so there's plenty going on in my mind at all times. <laughs> and I totally get it. And I do understand about ADHD as well, so I understand that too. So, your fantasy world, when you started writing, was it a small land, small fantasy, or was it always been that big, expansive, open world? 
like the third grade story yeah. or the one I'm writing. Yeah. Third grade. Yeah. So in third grade, it was more of like, um, I put together it, but it was almost like fan fiction, but like in its own, but like an original kind of fan fiction. Cause it was like, there were like Power Rangers elements and like, um, you know, like a lot of like fantasy things like magic and that kind of stuff. Um, but then I also were bouncing between like planets. Like they were, it was set in our solar system and they were like going to each planet and there was like alien life on each planet and stuff. Um, so, so, I mean, it was pretty expansive in, in terms of that, um, but it also was very character driven in that there was like a specific journey that they were on and there wasn't like other things they were doing. It was just like this, this like path that they had to like complete. Yeah, and then obviously as you get older and more mature, the story becomes more stronger for you because it was a more elaborate way of being positive because obviously when you're third grade, you have to keep it into the context of how old you was. But when you got older, it matured with you. Yeah, yeah. So now whenever I write, it's a lot more, you know, it's, it's I feel like fantasy and sci-fi, when it's done well, is a really good reflection of our world in one way or another. And I often feel like fiction is a better reflection of our world than like nonfiction is because you get like these interesting insights. So like my writing now is very allegorical. Like, I, you know, I, I address a lot of things like colonization and like um the ways that like institutional racism exists and how we interact with it in our world. And I mean, that's very much influenced by, you know, the world that I live in now. Right. Mm. And I just like how that is. So talking about now and talking about, and it said in the notes that you gave me, it said you're a host of podcast, which is called most writers of fans. We talk about your book in a minute, but most writers of fans, it's true because most writers do listen to other authors and they become yeah. writers themselves. Like I've written stories in my past. I'm inspired to be like, so many stories, but I used to like Wild Dole growing up because of Charlie yeah. and Chocolate Factory. Now, I wrote a story once and I based it on Charlie and Chocolate Factory. Now, I couldn't copy it, but I made my interpretation of it. So yeah. is your so is your story based on what you read, or is it your own pure imagination? Yeah, the way that I think about it is, I think that my stories are very much the stories that I would want to read. Um, it's a lot of things that are very inspired by a lot of things that exist now. Like, I feel like there's elements of like the King Killer Chronicles by Path Rothfuss, or like. Um, Rainbow Rowell's Simon Snow trilogy, like like there's definitely elements of different things, um, but I feel like what makes it different than than most mainstream fantasy is my focus on like having a lot of like queer inclusion and characters that are, you know, like in relationships that are that are more unconventional than what you would typically see in a normal fantasy like mainstream world, and for me like that's important because like I would have loved to have read you know as a kid like a Harry Potter, but gay, you know what I mean? <laughs> like I would have loved that as a kid and it just didn't exist. So I'm trying to sort of like put that kind of thing out in the world and just hope that it can find those people that need it, you know? Yeah. It's finding a right niche market as I always learned. You've got to find the audience that will grab it and say, yeah, 
but I do understand what you say about Harry Potter. There's a lot of we read the mainstream book. What happens if there is the alternative, and there is always an alternative in lots of things? Yeah, I mean, I I've always loved fantasy. I don't even know if it's like I like to say that it's an escape, whatever, whatever. But honestly, like I just love the aesthetic. Like I think that magic is cool, you know. <laughs> like I think it's fun to think about if magic existed and these like magical creatures and things. And I, and I think that I've always sort of craved this like idea of adventure, you know. I think that, that resonates with a lot of people. So like that's kind of what I'm is I want to write stories about people going on like these magical adventures so that we can kind of like experience it with them, you know. Yeah, so talking about writing and how you write as an old, because you admit you've got ADHD, does this help keep your ADHD at the level where you feel like you're at a, and I'm trying to not be disrespectful how I wrote it, so I've got to be careful now, listeners and viewers will understand that, but does it keep you on the level where you feel more relaxed within yourself? I think it gives me direction and I, and I, and I really used it in that way um, because I've only been diagnosed with ADHD for like maybe like four or five years. Mm. Um, so, so, you know, like I'm, I was very much an adult by the time I got diagnosed and I, I think that it brought it into focus, like how I had lived my life. Cause I had jumped around the job to job to job a lot before I started writing. And once I got diagnosed, I was like, oh, this makes a lot of sense because I've been so impulsive, you know, in these decisions I made whenever I whenever I would switch jobs. And, and it's, it's interesting because like every job I would say to myself, like, this is like my purpose in life. You know, I finally found the thing I meant to do. And then I would move on to another job like two years later. And it's like, well, maybe that wasn't the thing. But this is the thing now. Now I found the thing, you know, and, and what it came down to is I was just like not settling. Like I couldn't find a path that I could stick with. So what I've been trying to do with writing is just like have a thing, like one thing that I focus on, just kind of like consistently do. So like whenever I first got diagnosed and I started to try to like control it, I started writing once a week, every week. And like it wasn't every day. It wasn't, you know, like it wasn't anything crazy. It was just once a week, every week I would write. And I think that just that consistency um, instilled in me like the importance of it and like the priority of it. And I think that, that really helped sort of like move me forward. Yeah, and it's I understand that totally because you know I've got autism and autism can be a challenge, but at the same time, finding a niche market to do something to keep my levels of autism balanced is to be that way. And interviewing people and listening to people tell me their journey—that's my balance because. I like to hear people tell me their stories, so that's yeah. why. I, so that's why I do call it the journey, because I'm on a journey, but I'm not on a smooth journey, going straight forward. Just listening to other people, I'm going on little slip roads or diversions or the bumpy roads just to get to where I want to be. But there's no clear end destination for me, because that's what autistic people are like. They never have a clear destination. They always go on it's like ADHD it's always going on and on and on and on and on non-stop yeah and really what I've noticed is like there's some level of of self-control that has to happen that I don't have naturally you know so so I think that just having this default of like well writing is a thing that I'm pursuing is very very useful you know because like if somebody 
Because it used to be I would just say yes to like every opportunity, right? Like anything that came up, I was like, well, that sounds fun. I'll do that. And now, like whenever somebody asks me to do something that's going to be like a substantial amount of time, I, I ask myself, like, will this advance my writing career? Like, is this something that will actually be useful to me and the thing that I want to pursue? And if it's not, like I say no. And I, and I think that that's been really helpful because... I don't just want to jump on every new thing. Like I'm there. It's some direction. You know what I'm saying? Like, like it gives me any direction, which I think is just useful to sort of like have that filter that I don't have naturally, you know? Mm. So going into the present and you, we touched upon it at the very beginning. You write in a book now, I believe. What is that book about? If you can give us a sneak taste of it and, and we can. Yeah. So, so sort of, there's, there's a bit of both. So I've got a book that I've written already that's coming out in August called Tyranny of the Fae. It's a short story collection um, set in this original fantasy world um, that is about three main characters. Like I said, a lot of allegory about colonialism. And then we sort of, each character is a bit of a snapshot into the history of the world. So it's sort of like establishing the world to some extent. So there's one character who is a magical researcher that lived in the Fey realm that wants to address the magical energy crisis, you know, playing, playing on like what we've got going on here a little bit. Um, and she finds this magic rich world that she sort of like wants to figure out ways to like pull into her world a little bit, like use some of their magic to to help invest with the, what they're doing, which obviously turns into a colonialism thing where she tells the higher ups about it. They're like, oh, cool. We'll just live there now. Like we don't need to, we don't need to like borrow things. We'll just live there and take it over. Um, so then we jump ahead a few hundred years to another character named Aisha, who's a princess from the Fey realm. But like at this point, the elves have already like come back because it became so overpopulated with humans. They're like, this place is bad now. So they just left. And Aisha runs away to this other world to find adventure. And we sort of get to see the impacts of the colonialism. So like, you know, we think of, because I think, I don't think we think about how much it has touched our culture and how much it really like impacts how we live our lives. Right. Like I speak English in America, not because like, it's like a language I think is fun and cool. It's because the English, you know, colonized the place that I live hundreds of years ago. Right. So, so like the language they speak in my book is Elven because the elves colonize and like, that's the primary language. Yeah. Um, so like they, even though it's English, like they call it Elven because that's who did it, you know? <laughs> So I try to incorporate a lot of those elements and Aisha's journey is kind of that. And we get a couple hundred years because she's an elf in her life. And then we jump ahead to another character named Karuk, who is a um, orc from this tribe. Uh, there's a lot of like indigenous allegory with the orcs and the goblins in my world. And we kind of get to see what her life is like, you know, many, many hundred years after the colonization and like what, you know, what is what is her tribe's life? And then also like, what is it like being a young person in a place where your life is very segmented and you want more? And, and we sort of chase, we follow her as she sort of like chases this idea of adventure and, and, and finds it, you know, with a group of like a found family. Hmm. So that's, that's the book I, that's coming out in August, but I am actually writing um, the next book already um, that I'm writing right now. So, so this book is setting up a novel that I've already written. That's the thing I wrote like years ago. Um, that'll be coming out next August. But I'm also writing a series of short stories to set up various little elements in the world and characters. So the book I'm writing right now is really interesting. It's about a changeling. Um, and the changelings in my world are like this group of assassins um, that are like very secret. No one knows about them. And I'm writing about 
um, one of them who wants more of an identity because like usually they're just like a number and they do missions. They don't really like, they're not supposed to be people. They're supposed to just be like tools, right? Mm. And this one character like sort of starts to develop more of an identity and we sort of follow that. And it explores a lot of things about like identity and gender and like what is, you know, how important is a name? What, you know, what makes a person different than just like, you know, the things that we've been told we are, you know? Yeah. And it's just those elements that makes a bigger picture because you say about three mini stories to make a bigger picture. And that is a good baseline to have the three main stories to make here a bigger picture. Now, you were talking earlier as well, briefly, about the English language, about American English. And I always make the joke, because obviously I'm British, but live in the American way. So I'm still adapted to certain words, like you say tomato, I say tomato. But it's just different ways of expressing different words. So when people read it on paper, it's the same written as in the English British way, but in the American, you can hear it in the American English way, so it makes sense for both sides. Yeah, and I mean, like, it just seems so silly, like, like the different spellings of words, right? Like, I had an editor tell me recently that I spelled gray, G-R-E-Y, which is, like, the British spelling, we would use A-Y here, and, like, I've used them interchangeably, because, like, I don't care, (laughs) like, I I don't know what's right, like, if they both seem right, and they are right, just in different places. Um, and and that often comes up in my work, like because like I, I consume British media, so so like I I see both spellings. I don't actually I know what the word is, you know. So like it's just one of those weird things where um, it's different, but it's not really. Yeah, it's like in England. Another example: most websites in America dot com because of commercial reasons. England stamped their stuff dot co dot uk. There is some dot coms, but usually it's dot coms when it's a business, not a you know independent website. Even though most websites are commercialized over in England, the same as they are in America, they at stamp it as dot co dot uk. Yeah. It's like you go to France, you got dot co dot fr. Go to Spain, dot co dot ues. So you Canada dot ca. But. I feel like it's such a good demonstration of how the U.S. views ourselves because, like, we don't have a co.us because it's like, well, we're the default, so we don't need <laughs> we don't need to have one that's just us. Well, and you I, go, it's like you go to the phone system. Most of the phone system, U.S. is dot one because it is plus one. Yeah. Go to the U.K. is plus forty four, so you've got, <laughs> but so where can people get hold of these mini stories plus? your news stories when they get released yeah so you definitely should check me out on my website is terrybartley.com that'll be the easiest place to find me then i have links to all my social media stuff there um, i post a number of videos on like tiktok um where I, I talk a lot about everything um but then also i have a twitter things like that follow me anywhere and you'll find out there's a newsletter there also that i post quarterly so you know it won't be overwhelmed with email but you'll get at least one email every <laughs> season ish um so, so that's a good way to figure out what, what's going on. Um, the book itself is coming out in August. It's available at like sort of any independent bookstore. You could order it because I it's being distributed through their their systems, but also you can get it like on Amazon, Barnes and Noble. I'm um, really anywhere you can buy books, you could find it. And it's just tyranny of the fae. 
Okay, one last thing before we go. What inspiration would you give future writers with ADHD, with normal writing? What would you say to them? I mean, I think first of all, I'd say like definitely pursue it because I think that whenever you have ADHD, our minds are naturally creative. Like it just gives us an insight that other people don't have. And I think that it's important for us to to use that. So like if you want to be a writer, like don't feel like you can't do it because like you maybe you weren't as good in school or maybe you, you know, you feel like you don't have the focus because like you can find it in one way or another. Then the other thing I would say is like just make sure that you break it down. Because I think that in ADHD, we we get so stressed that we're not as far along as other people in our lives. Like we always compare ourselves to like the, not even to other people, but just like the idea of where we're supposed to be. And I think like, allow yourself to say, and this is, you know, with this podcast, I think it makes sense. Understand that you're on your own journey. And like, it doesn't matter if it doesn't look like what you think it's supposed to look like. It is your journey. And there's nothing wrong with that. So like, just, you know, accept that you are where you are and that as long as you keep moving forward, you're going to get where you want to go. It just might take longer and that's okay. Harry Bartley, thank you for sharing your journey with us today. Yeah, thanks for having me. It was fun. Thank you. That was The Journey, hosted by Wise Words Imaging, hosted by David Hackett. Be sure to like, subscribe and listen to another journey coming soon.